The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you get the old poncho out or umbrella. A lot of the state getting soaked. We will dive in. Good news on the recruiting front again, portal-wise, with Nebraska football. All about Marcus Washington coming up. A decision that uh, maybe you care about, maybe you don't when it comes to touchdown celebrations. We will dive into future Ravens Hall of Famer and uh, hopeful with the NFL Hall of Fame, Sam Cook, the pride of Ulysses. Sam will join us in an hour, a Tuesday with Kaz, Rick Kaczynski. His take on Win Kaz in South Carolina, that's where Win is from. So some uh, really good background on, on Win and, and what that does for the D-line room, Mitch Sherman in about 20 minutes. And uh, what an incredible finish to better call Saul. We'll dance around it around 540 with better call Saul, aficionado Mike St. James. We've been doing this every every Tuesday, kind of the better call Saul recap. And it's midway through season six. So it'll pick back up July 8th. So we'll dive in with Uh, Mike St. James. Numbers to get in can join us at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Find us on Twitter. Give us a follow at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me. And at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Give him a follow. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Time winding down to qualify for the ability to beef up your backyard with your friends at Capital Patio and the Flame Shop, that uh, smoker giveaway looming, and uh, the gift card to Russ's Market Meat for your smoker. We'll give you a chance to qualify this hour and next hour, so uh, listen uh, to be caller nine. We'll tell you when. Elijah, Nebraska just keeps on keeping on in the portal, and do you need it? Do you want it? Is it a luxury item? Is it a necessity? You go back and forth, and Nebraska's offensive side of the ball, preferably an offensive lineman. But what was available, you have Marcus Washington, four-star wide receiver from Texas, uh, around 280 yards in receptions, two touchdowns. His highlights, pretty impressive, with some key catches against Oklahoma, key catches against Baylor, and was very prominent with that shootout against Kansas. Unfortunately for Texas, he didn't play defense. Uh, so, and that was that was an incredible uh, overtime win for 
for the Fighting Lances down in, in Jayhawk land. So that was cool. Long and short, though, Nebraska getting uh, another addition, 6-2-190, uh, deep threat Marcus Washington. And we've said this kind of all along. You lost a guy in bets who was an in-state product. That hurt. That was terrible. And it was uh, you, you saw great glimpses from bets when they did throw in the ball, when he did touch the football, things happened. But you're, you're pretty much trading numbers right now with what Betts put up and with what Washington put up. Different conferences, obviously. I think Betts is probably a little more uh, slippery after the catch. You, you've, you've seen that. But above all, Marcus Washington uh, fills a void there. And Nebraska has uh, their, their guy to, to stretch the field. Uh, one of many in that receiver room, uh, and uh, you you look at Nebraska and, and what has gone on at wide receiver, right? Think about the 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 receiver room that Mike Riley had, didn't recruit but inherited, and the receiver room that got built up during the Bow era, and and it was a bunch of really good guys that that played, got sniffs in the NFL, or just. Were, and then you had a little bit of a lull, and then Nebraska's had issue since Frost came in, came in, either what was in the room or what they tried to go supplement, and Nebraska's had to be a bit unconventional. The only high school kid they have in the receiver room right now that's a scholarship guy is Alante Brown. Does that not blow you away? The rest of it's been portal additions or some sort of transfer but Nebraska will lean heavy on the portal in talent upgrade and hopefully uh, with chemistry to uh, to depend on their success for 2022 at quarterback at special teams in the secondary on the defensive line and yes at wide receiver. So you you, you have these additions right now. Two from Bama, two from Texas, uh, uh, an offensive lineman from Oklahoma State, a wideout, of course, in Palmer from LSU, Purdy at quarterback, Oshan from TCU, Drew from Tech, uh, and then you have Hill from Arizona State, along with Wynn and Williams from Alabama. So Nebraska loading up, part of that too deep, and uh, uh, this is okay. This is the way of college football, the world it is, and the way it is now. If you don't get a high school prospect or develop said high school prospect, you can either go Portal or JUCO. And what you do have is the ability to go get some guys in film, or I should say on film, that that they performed in Power 5 settings. So a little bit better history on them if if they're ready to jump ship and nebraska no doubt from a connection standpoint uh mickey joseph very proven in development and very proven in motivation when it comes to his receiver room at other stops he'll uh, bring that to nebraska uh no doubt and listen he'll know how to identify there's a slew of talented high school wide receivers that he is in no way, shape, or form ignoring. You look at Malachi Coleman. You look at Hall out of Bellevue West. I mean, both those guys are on Nebraska's radar. You look at Nagoy as well out of Lincoln High. I'm, I'm sure I'm not purposefully leaving out any other wideouts within the state or 500-mile radius, but uh, Mickey would love to get a hold of high school guys. But the here and now is to go get the uh, talent out of the portal 
and, and work that way. And even with this addition, I do think there is a, a, a noticeable hole in this wide receiver room because Marcus Washington, you described him as a deep threat, but he's not the, the deep threat that we think of whenever we've seen the Scott Frost offense the past couple of years. That's the guy who's filled that J.D. Spielman role, that Samari Toure role, the guy who's running posts and uh, fly routes and, and is really stretching the field. That's not what Marcus Washington was at Texas. He was much more of that intermediate guy, a, a smaller-bodied version of what Omar Manning did for Nebraska last year, where it was 15, 20-yard routes, uh, crossing routes, and, and whatnot. That's more what I see from Marcus Washington. I'm still not sure who the guy in the wide receiver room is going to be that's going to stretch the field. Could it be Trey Palmer? The fastest guy is Palmer. Could it be him? But it all sounds like they've liked his shiftiness and his willingness to go over the middle. Mm -hmm. So uh, it kind of seems like him and Elante Brown are going to be doing that role. You got Omar Manning and Marcus Washington, the the possession guys who are going to be running intermediate-ish routes, intermediate to deep routes. But I don't see that true take-the-top-off guy in the wide receiver room yet. And from what we've seen Scott Frost's time at Nebraska, his offense has worked better when it's had one of those guys, whether it be Samari Toure or J.D. Spielman. Those are the two best examples. His offense has worked better, and they've had that deep playability when they've had that guy. Could the offense look different next year with Mark Whipple? Sure, but I still just don't see who's the guy in the wide receiver room that has the ability to take the top off a of defense. Well, and, and just watching some of um, Washington's film, he would get past the DB, the defensive back or the safety and make the the – the gash catch, mm-hmm. did he get to the end zone? That, that's no. what I'm saying, yeah. Right, the, the finish, right? Uh, so he can get deep, and you can hit him for a 50-, 60-yard play. He had a couple of those with Texas, but did he? was it the home run? Did you cross the finish line and get into the end zone? The, the hope here is, if you're a Nebraska fan, to once you get inside the 20, not stall. Well, I mean, if you didn't score on a big play, uh, there was a good chance you were kicking a field goal or missing a field goal and you weren't getting in the end zone. You'd have your you'd have your big play, your big gainer on a drive of 25 or 30 or 40. You had a lot of those and you have had a lot of those. But you, but to your point, you haven't really uh, hit Pater without the Spielmans or the uh, Stanley Morgans. Right. Yeah, I mean, those, Morgan, the, yeah. Yeah, those were those are the two guys that not only made the big play, but got to the end zone. Yeah, and people have, have made this out to be the, the like-for-like replacement for Xavier Betts. And that's, Xavier was a unique athlete. He was a unique athlete with the, the combination of size and speed, and we talk about going and finishing those plays. Think back to Northwestern, that fly sweep he took around the end for a touchdown. Or yeah. think back to Oklahoma, whenever Nebraska needed a touchdown, what does he do? He goes 75 yards. That's not what I've seen from Marcus Washington. Could I be wrong? Sure, I, I could be wrong here, but what I've seen from how Texas utilized him, that's not what his utilization is going to be here at Nebraska. Another body, nice option, and uh, has uh, plenty of film I mean, that you're like, okay, this I mean, the guy played and, and caught uh, quite a few balls at Texas, and uh, that place has been known to get pretty high-level players in. Uh, now Nebraska on the back end gets the portal visit. Okay, let's uh, let's crank up the old uh, German jute box, the Elijah Herbal special here, Balloon Gate. We are back. Sad, sad, sad day, or a glorious day, depending where you stand with Balloon Gate. Nebraska will not have balloons to release. For the 2022 season. Why? Blame that bastard Putin. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, it's not where I was expecting you to go. <laughs> no, blame that bastard Putin. 
Helium comes from Russia, apparently, and there's a helium shortage. It needs to be in medical facilities, not in balloons. Of course, you've had the student government uh, for quite a while, not down with the pollution that happens. See, that's, ba- that's where I thought you were Baby go. birds choke and die on the remnants of Husker touchdowns. See, I, I, that's where I thought you were going whenever you brought up. I thought you were going to be the classic old man blaming it on the new generation. No, I don't. Kids. Listen, I think I spent two bucks or four bucks or however many dollars I spent for the Idaho State game a hundred years ago. As a horrible father, that's the one game I physically have taken junior to. Usually I'm air quote working. So he goes with uh, Joe Mama or Papa Al or some buddies, right? So he's seen his share in Nebraska games, quite different setup than what my brother and I had growing up and going. Anywho, uh, but when he was little, the, the, the kid whiffed it. He fumbled. He, he let the balloons go outside the stadium even before he got in. So that was his one and done shot at, at letting the balloons go. It's a cool scene. Uh, Nebraska will... Uh, adapt and adjust. Maybe it's just going to be uh, a lucky Husker fan that releases a, a, a red balloon on the video board once there's a touchdown. And it's not quite Devaney or PBA where you're standing and waiting traditionally for that first basket to be scored. But as the offense has struggled, you've been holding on to the balloons for a while. Uh, oh, yeah. Here is Trev last night on the uh, – no? No, the the one you sent me was about the three-game ticket package, not about the – Oh, balloons. well – I went and efforted trying to find it, but okay. So we we don't have audio of Trev. That makes me sad. But long and short, from from Trev Alberts, is listen. It's just not feasible to do it. Now, if it's really a, a sore spot for you, a Nebraska fan, you can probably find some and buy some there are different gases out there that are that are lighter or as light as helium you can't just blow up your own balloon with the old lung power and and have it float away you need uh, either hydrogen or methane and god love you if you uh, go the methane route yeah that's uh that's screaming hindenburg to me (laughs) i know i know right (laughs) i know there's no smoking but there could be uh, an issue See, and this is where I say, in the meantime, I'd like to see some sort of balloon tradition come back, whether it's just the first game. Just the first game, there's a balloon release for the first touchdown of the season or first points of the season, or there's some balloons included up behind the scoreboard that go off for the first score. Um, I'd like to see something like that come back someday. But in the meantime, I say we go European soccer and we bring flares into the stadium, red flares. (laughs) Oh, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, if you're listening at home, no, don't no, do that. no, no. That's going to get you kicked out of the stadium. No and flares. No fireworks. No fi- well, There's fireworks at the North Stadium. Just score a lot of points often, and people will be happy. I will say this the last time there was a helium shortage was 2012. Good things happened on the football field in 2012. You went to the Big Ten championship game. Maybe there's a bit of superstition mixed uh, in here. But uh, Nebraska suspending its tradition of releasing red balloons at the first touchdown of, of home games due to the global helium shortage. And, and people have been angry, but my, my legitimate take here is after a season of it, it'll be sad the first couple of games when you don't see those balloons fly away. But after a season of it, you'll realize 
It's a lot better than sitting there and holding the balloons for a full quarter. Mm-hmm. That that would get old. Yeah, we need to find a way to uh, to get little red to, to float away after Ooh. the first touchdown. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That that thing I'm not fond of. <laughs> He's just there for pregame, and by the first score, they, they hook him up to a big weather balloon, and <laughs> off just, goes little red. Off goes <laughs> little red, never to return again. Well, you have to worry about a, a bird finding little red and eating him after the game, <laughs> clogging up the throat. I will fatten up said bird, and maybe <laughs> we can make that happen. We'll uh, dive in. Really good uh, local talent. Good story from Mitch Sherman on the athletic. Some local prospects uh, doing the quarterback thing, and getting some national attention we'll uh, get mitch's thoughts on win and washington the addition via portal and uh, if mitch wants to pop some balloons we can do that as well uh, great to be with you on a tuesday it's hail varsity we're presented by the nebraska lot like what you hear high quality radio and podcast just part of what we do at hail varsity hey it's chris schmidt with hail varsity radio and i wanted to offer listeners of the hail varsity radio show podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription that means that you for less than twenty dollars can get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. We'll chat with Sam Cook. Is uh, day one in the office for him is a special teams consultant for the Ravens, Rick Kaczynski with us. We say hi to Mitch Sherman with The Athletic, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how's your day? Are you uh, coping all right without uh, balloons next season? Yeah, I don't care about the balloons. Um, I'm, yes. sure, I'm sure you'll find people on every side of that one. Uh, are, you an- are, you anno- about- are you annoyed by the balloon discussion? I'm annoyed by the balloons, period. So the last time (laughs) one of the balloons uh, came onto my radar was a couple of seasons ago. I believe it was the the 2020 season when the stadium was empty, which doesn't make any sense at all because why were there balloons? But, you know, there were still like 200, like the parents were there at the stadium. It might have been the year before, um, now that I think about it. It doesn't matter. And (laughs) one of the balloons got stuck in the – in the metal or the, the in the in the in the front of the press box, right in front of my window, my oh, seat, no. and it was just kind of hanging there, and, and it, the, the 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 cord was 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 tied around part of the stadium, and and I, you know, I had to, I couldn't see. Um, eventually, it kind of deflated. It, I, I believe it stayed there all year, but I. I <laughs> I, so last night, Chris, if you, if you allow me a second here yes. to, to go off on a tangent, last night I was coaching. Uh, we had baseball practice, and um, generally, when when Trev Alberts or Scott Frost is going to be on the radio, and, and I'm I'm uh, indisposed in that way, you know, uh, I'll take a few things into consideration. Should I should I skip the practice to listen to the radio show? Should I? Should I maybe wear some earbuds and listen to the radio show, which I've never done during a game or practice? Should I, I could put a little notification on a few on a few of the of the many 
media tweeters who are going to be monitoring this. Um, I can periodically check uh, Twitter to see what's going on, or I can just ignore it all day until I get home and then see what became of the, of the radio show. And that's what I chose to do last night. And so I got home, pulled it up, saw that the balloons had been axed, and, um, yeah, I, I'm not sad that I missed it. I, I don't really care. Well, Mitch, Mitch, you don't have any fond memories of watching like a, a primetime game at Memorial Stadium, the balloons release, and, oh, no, they get caught in the spider cam, and you have to watch those poor grips down there like struggling for a whole commercial break, rushing, trying to get the balloons out of the spider cam. That was always my favorite memory of the balloons. You know what was great about the balloons or what, what I enjoyed about the balloons? When they almost always went up into the air after Nebraska's first possession of the game. Like, for, mm. when I was a kid, for years and years and years, it was like 80 yards, you know, 76 of it on the ground. Yeah. Uh, you know, the fullback in from two yards with 12.09 left on the clock in the first quarter, and there go 40,000 balloons. Now it's just kind of depressing when people are still holding on to their balloons, you know, halfway through the second quarter or they get let go from a field goal. Um, it's with the, with the, the, the sinking of many of the great Nebraska traditions, I'm totally fine with this one going away too. Man, you had to endure a whole season with this red balloon taunting you, obscuring your view. It was. Well, I mean, it, it obviously lost its its air after the first. Somebody probably filled it back up just to mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> that, would have been, that would have been a good prank. Didn't happen. Mitch Sherman with his anti-balloon. Did you pop any uh, children's balloons once upon a time outside the stadium? I haven't. I mean, I like to go to birthday parties and do that and just pop kids' balloons. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of... That's the kind of person i am i guess after after all of this oh, i love it mitch let's uh let's shift gears from balloon gate to to the portal my friend and a thought on on marcus washington his addition and how he'll be used or could be used by uh, the nebraska offense yeah well much like a lot of the other transfers that we've seen from these power five schools you know he's not coming here to sit right. uh, so <laughs> There's there's got to be uh, there's got to be a way to to get him touches, and you know the same can be said for Trey Palmer at that position. Um, you know on the defensive side, uh, you know they're not looking for touches, but they're looking for reps. Uh, when you look at Travis Fisher's room in the secondary, there there's a lot of competition, and you know I look at those two positions in in you know specifically in the way that they've upgraded for Mickey Joseph and Travis Fisher, the receivers and the DBs, and Nebraska has made some, some big changes, obviously, at those spots this offseason uh, through the portal and, and, you know, with the DBs, well, both of them, with, with recruiting. So come July 27th or 28th, whenever that first day of practice is, it's going to be a different look. Even from the spring, it's going to be a different look. Um, and this is one of those those big additions that, that changes the – the look of the, the wide receiver group. So if you're Omar Manning or Oliver Martin or Trey Palmer, um, you know, you've got more competition now. And, you know, there are some players who were hurt in the spring who are going to be coming back. There are some 
some freshmen um, coming in who are going to add competition to that room. Um, it's, uh, it's a new world, I would say, uh, as, in comparison to what we've seen the past four seasons uh, with the competitive nature of the wide receiver room, the DB room. Um, you could maybe look at the running backs um, in that same way, although I, you know, I think we still need to learn more about some of those guys. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how this all impacts the locker room. Um, they have to have a strong foundation um, in order, I would say, to thrive in this kind of a situation where there are so many new faces who are coming in with no intention of waiting their turn. Mitch Sherman's with us from The Athletic. Uh, Hail Varsity Radio at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, what have you gathered from, from when in limited snaps at Bama. Uh, that, that process obviously uh, works well for Saban, and they just keep recruiting dudes that yeah. are, are in that room, and that's how you win football games at that yeah. level on the lines of scrimmage. Win seems to be another nice get. Alabama, unlike Nebraska, has no problem attracting the top defensive line prospects in the country out of high school. So they're recruiting over the top of the kids that they sign or that they get commitments from in the same class as, as those guys. So while, while Stephon Wynn was committed to Bama out of IMG Academy as a top 100 player in the country, um, Nick Saban and his coaching staff were out looking for the next guy to, you know, the guy to beat him out in that same class and in, in the class after him. So it's a different level. You know, we talk about competition with the, receivers and defensive backs in Nebraska. It's a different level of competition when you get to be a defensive lineman at Alabama. And, you know, in, in asking some of our network of mm-hmm. college football writers at the athletic about him and, you know, and Kane Williams um, at Bama, um, although Williams was just at Bama for a year. So it's, it's more difficult to get a read on exactly what the situation was there. He was just down on the depth chart and probably, saw what was ahead of him and, and didn't want to wait. Um, with Wynn, he did wait, and, and he was at, at, at in Tuscaloosa for four seasons. Um, and good guy, um, you know, a good, a good team player from, from what I understand. Um, but there were others at that position group who were seen as having higher ceilings. Um, all of those guys who go to Bama intend to play in the NFL. And, you know, no different with Wynn, uh, but – Others came before him and after him who outcompeted him and were more uh, NFL-ready uh, guys who, who, uh, who earned the reps ahead of him. That's, that's not necessarily going to be the case, most likely not going to be the case at Nebraska. And just because he, wasn't, he didn't have a high enough ceiling to make it into the starting lineup at Alabama, um, you know, that, that by no means is an indicator that he won't be ready to, uh, to be an impact player in the Big Ten. So we'll see. I, I think uh, – you know, it's an important addition for sure, just because of the experience and the size at a, at a position where Nebraska needs help. Mitch, I uh, really enjoyed your story on uh, the Omaha Metro talent and uh, the, the pipeline of quarterbacks. Uh, Mitch, just share a little bit here with our listeners what, what you worked on with uh, the, the quarterbacks in, in the, the Metro region with uh, just a lot of talent. Many schools are getting glimpses of mm-hmm. Yeah, I went Sunday uh, out to Westside Middle School in Omaha um, to watch uh, Cole Payton, the North Dakota State quarterback. We remember him 
from the state championship game in 2020 at Memorial Stadium for Omaha Westside, beating Elkhorn South. Um, he was the Gatorade Player of the Year and, and you know, got some late interest from Nebraska, um, but, but had long been committed to North Dakota State and then won, a, uh, won an FCF, FCS championship, which is, you know, par for the course in Fargo in his first season last year. He'll be, he'll be uh, in competition to be, the, to be the quarterback for the Bison, but they do have a, a returning starter who's in the same class as him, so... You know, competition, it, it, uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't take a, take a rest just because you're in the FCS. But Cole was back uh, back home in Omaha this, uh, this weekend and had a camp for young quarterbacks, for middle school quarterbacks and for high school quarterbacks. And uh, Zane Flores, the Gretna quarterback, was out there. He's committed to Oklahoma State. Uh, Daniel Kalen is the 2024 quarterback from Bellevue West who, who has yet to be uh, a full-time starter in that program uh, but has offers from – from all over the country, including Minnesota and, and Michigan State um, in the Big Ten. Uh, Vanderbilt is after him. Duke is after him. Kalen is, is, uh, is going with his teammate, Davon Hall, the receiver from, from Bellevue West, who's a, a big-time target of Nebraska, Iowa, and, and others. They are going to Florida, Georgia, and Clemson next week um, to do a camp circuit. So this is, uh, this is a different deal for Omaha area and Nebraska red quarterbacks to be getting the kind of attention um, that we're seeing with Kalen, that we saw with Flores, um, that you saw a little bit with Cole Payton, although, you know, he ended up at an FCS school. Of course, Nebraska has Heinrich Harburg. You have Max Dugan um, from Council Bluffs, who's who's been at at TCU. Um, And there are some younger guys who were out at this thing, uh, this event also, who, uh, you know, who are going to be up and coming and and, uh, and really changing what, uh, what, what Nebraska High school quarterbacks um, are known to have done in the past. Generally, they've, uh, you know, you, you've seen your guys run the option um, or change positions, and, uh, and and had a lot of good athletes at that spot. Now you have um, a lot of really good passers uh, who are who are starting to come out of this region. It's good stuff, and uh, speaks to the talent and development. Uh, really cool story. Be sure to check that out on the Athletic. Mitch, we'll uh, get caught up again. Good to spend some time with you. Thanks for a few minutes today. All right. Thanks, Chris. Take care. There he is, Mitch Sherman. Find him on Twitter, at Mitch Sherman with The Athletic. Uh, We'll uh, hear from, well, some of the Ravens next. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Mitch Sherman. That's posted on uh, on demand, ESPNLincoln.com. Also, uh, ESPN Lincoln Twitter, the uh, full interview with Mitch Sherman podcast. Always subscribe and find us. Give us a rating. Hale Varsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. So be sure to check that out. Some uh, words of wisdom from former Ravens coach Brian Billick. This is part of a little snippet from the 
30 for 30. That's going to be released on the Ravens in a moment. Sam Cook, 20 minutes away. Uh, All-world punter and standout from Nebraska. Wrapped up his career with the Ravens. And day one for for uh, Sam with the Ravens as a consultant. Rick Kaczynski, more on the win edition for Nebraska. And then uh, Mike St. James, better call Saul recap. Midway point of season six aired last night. Before we hear from uh, Coach Billick, a thought here on uh, Bet Online, and the odds are out to win the Big Ten. So, Ohio State, no shock, minus 210. Your favorite, Wisconsin, plus 1,000. Michigan, plus 1,100. And Nebraska, plus 1,400. So, not bad there. They're tied with Penn State. So, it looks like your your runner's up right now. If you look at the West right now as it sits, Nebraska just right behind Wisconsin. Uh, Iowa comes in at plus 2,000, Purdue plus 2,500, Minnesota at uh, plus 2,800, Illinois plus 10,000, and Northwestern plus 15,000. So there you go. There's the rundown. Your wheels are turning, Elijah. Are you going to run to uh, Council Bluffs? Are you headed past the river to uh, to do a future? Well, I'm sitting here thinking Nebraska's plus 1,400. That's the number? Yep. So... That would be the same odds that Nikola Jokic had to an NBA MVP back in October, and look what happened there. And you have the balloon issue where there's no balloons this year. 2012, the last time Nebraska won a West Division, or whatever it was called then. Point is, is they went to the Big Ten title game. The stars are aligning. They are aligning. I mean, you, you have 15 dudes from the portal make your way, and uh, you've got two projected starters. Well, maybe. You have two two deep guys from Texas. You have two two guys from TC. I mean, hey, it's it's working out. There it is. There's your uh, your daily I feel glass better of <laughs> I feel I feel better about the money I dropped going to Ireland. Okay. Sorta of, kinda. So Brian Billick hates Tennessee. You want proof? Here we go. Respect a good opponent. Okay, make sure you do that. Okay, now I want every camera turned on. The E! True Hollywood story. What was hilarious about that video that was posted on Twitter was Art Modell freaking out. Oh, he, he said it. He, Billick didn't care who was in the locker room. It's his locker room. It's his playground. It's his sandbox. And Art Modell was like, oh, my God. He said, well, he, he kind of lost it there. But, um, yeah, Billick uh, drafting Sam Cook, of course, Interesting that Billick never got another head job, did TV after the Ravens, but was a longtime OC, I think, of the Vikings, right? He's just one of those guys that I think was difficult to be around. But, hey, he won a Super Bowl, Ray Lewis, defense, uh, loading Nada, uh, part of that, uh, that first Raven championship team 
and interested to see this this play out because the Ravens have always had this formula of great defense, incredible special teams, just enough offense, much like the, the Titans back then with Steve McNair and Fisher, and they were about a yard and a half shy of a Super Bowl championship after they just rode Eddie George, four billion carries a season for eight years, and a lot of black and black and blue football. It's that Big Ten football. It's what it was. I mean, I mean, that's what's what's in, in the cold weather states, that Rust Belt region. Big Ten football works. It does, and uh, crab cakes and football worked uh, to the tune of two titles, one uh, championship uh, ring on the finger of Sam Cook. So we'll check in with him. Yeah, looking forward to that. That'll be good stuff. No, he'll he'll uh, yeah. Sam's Sam's awesome. So the other news coming out from Trev Alberts, not just the uh, the uh, the pick three ticket deal that'll start on sale tomorrow, but also the divisions. Now it's not immediate. The brand, uh, the Big Ten is not going full big, full pack twelve on this and scrapping divisions this year. Although the door wasn't completely locked and shut on that, but the Big Ten is all about finding a way to the playoff, getting as many playoff participants readily available, have the best case, and you play to win championships in the Big Ten. And I, that that sounded like it's coming down the pike probably for 2023, which I'm okay with. You're just going to have to step up your game if you're Nebraska, and that's been the case. You'll probably have a a permanent set of three. Hopefully, it's Minnesota, it's Wisconsin, it's Iowa. You need to start winning two out of those three every year in the West to be in contention. And then whatever you get crossover-wise. But make an argument for yourself. And Nebraska is aiming to do that with talent acquisition clearly in the portal. You're five of frost. And uh, moving forward, make it more than just Michigan and Ohio State the rematch. Make it more than whoever's the sacrificial lamb out of the West to go find their way to Indy. You've been good enough to, to win some crossovers if you're Iowa. You've been good enough to do okay against Michigan. That's Wisconsin's done pretty well uh, when they've crossed over against Michigan. And Penn State has had a lot of tough road games in the West. They, they found a way with Saquon and Iowa, but they've also faltered uh, as well. I mean, that one of your big dogs or your co-favorites, the teams that are just right behind Ohio State, Michigan State, it's been forever since they've beat Ohio State. Uh, the, the year they did it, they got to the playoff despite losing to Nebraska. Uh, Michigan, obviously the, the, the first other team, aside from Sparty and, and Ohio State, to be represented in the college football playoff. Time will tell with how soon college football playoff expands. And, you know, the setup and the talking point yesterday was the SEC may just have a, a tournament themselves, and then they'll, they'll meet a la NFC, AFC back in the day, or a- AFL, NFL, They'll meet the winner of the the rest of you. <laughs> a full eye roll from one Elijah Herbal there. But, you know, your, your two dominant leagues, the Big Ten, the SEC, and, and, and everybody else aside from Clemson, right? So uh, not long for this world, divisions in the Big Ten. 
We'll wind down hour one. Your chance to qualify on the way to beef up your backyard. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And a chance for you to get buckled up. Remember, coaches make substitutions during the game to get the best player on the field. Getting behind the wheel after drinking also demands a substitution. Sober drivers are the only choice. A DUI costs more than you think. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Elijah, the last time you let a balloon go in the stadium, ever? Were you eight? It was when my family still had season tickets, so that would have been probably age nine or ten, yeah. So we're talking 2010? Yeah, yeah, talking 2010. Uh, And I'm trying to remember what football game that was. Because I remember we had to sit on our... So you're clearly scarred by this decision. No. No, I, I, I will say... Being a UNL student during the time, which I had to Are you vote, annoyed at the student government? I'm going to say, I had to vote four separate times. Every single year, the student government brought this up in the ballot, and every single year, the results started getting closer and closer with the yes and the no until the, finally- So the student government's a fourth quarter team. Yeah, until- Just wore you down. I was finally outvoted. I always voted to keep it around. Why Why should we be able to scrap it? But sure. Yeah, I, I hate the sea turtles. I hate the birds. I hate them all. I hate them all, and I love traditions. Oh, sue me. <laughs> Old Mitch Sherman was fired up. He's pissed. The, the, the origin of that is so funny because I can just see this. Mitch is getting ready to, to set up in the press box, and as luck would have it, or fate, the uh, the balloon is caught in front of Mitch, so it's bobbing side to side right in front of him for an entire game. And I will say during my time with, with Husker Vision, there were some times where you had a balloon that would like obscure Did you have a blow dart? shot, but no, no, mm-hmm. you just had to deal with it. Hope it would go away. But I mean, it's, I hope they replace it with some sort of tradition that's in the same vein. Um, I, per, I still like the idea of like some sort of, maybe it's a large balloon or a, a, a number of a hot balloons. air balloon. Yeah, sure. How about you pitch in money for a giant hot air balloon that just can rise your job is to rise above, well, like, like the South Stadium, not North Stadium, because that would turn messy with the fireworks. Like the Lincoln Children's Museum, the hot air balloon they have in there that just rises up to yeah. the top and then slowly falls back down. Sure. sure. Done. But that's, but that's a winner. But yeah, just, there probably doesn't need to be 20,000 balloons being released from the stadium every single game day. My, my humble opinion, if I were a decision maker here, is just bring it back for the first game of the season. Every single year, you can have it on the first point scored of the season. Everyone can release their balloons. You can call it good for the year. There is the answer. We're stamping it, and it's the Elijah plan. Let's get you qualified right now with uh, ESPN Lincoln Hale Varsity. Your chance is winding down to qualify for that Smoky Mountain Cooker Smoker from Capital Patio and the Flame Shop, also a gift card to Russ's Market. Uh, that will take care of the meat, the ribs, the chops, the steak, whatever you want to put on that smoker. You haven't lived till you've slow smoked a pork chop bone in, of course. And uh, it has been heavenly to do so. Caller 9 qualifies right now to 
beef up your backyard. That smoker, the uh, gift card to Russ's Market. Caller 9, get qualified. Time winding down, 466-3776-4663776-800-825-5865. Caller 9 right now. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We welcome in. Uh, he just retired, and we're catching him day one. It, it, Sam, do you have an office, bud? Sam Cook is with us. Do you have an office? Do you have an area? Tell us what this new role is. Well, this new role is a special teams consultant with the Ravens. Um, as far as a new office, I think it's just in the janitor closet right now. So we're working our way up. Uh, just working out with the maintenance guys and uh, doing those things. But uh, now it's uh, it's going good. Just kind of you know start working out with uh, Jordan Stout and trying to get things re- going with him and working on fundamentals and techniques of punting and just trying to learn the whole process of what it's like being a coach here at the Baltimore Ravens. So super exciting, uh, super excited to be a part of this organization or continue to be a part of this organization and everything it involves. Sam Cook with us. Sam, this entire state is always, I mean, it's always been proud of you, but super happy for just the way your career has gone. You know how Nebraska fans are with, Huskers in the NFL, man, and it was just a pleasure to watch you as we blink for 16 years. Take me back to Thursday and how how you dealt with the emotions. Yeah, you know, it was a very emotional day. It was one of those things kind of from the beginning. It was sports was all I knew, and that's the only thing I ever wanted to do growing up. And so there was a lot of emotions from that because I, in essence, kind of took that away from myself. You know, it was uh, something that I felt comfortable with my decision, but just realizing that I no longer get to play that kid's game anymore was just, it was very hard because like I'd mentioned, it was the only thing I ever wanted to do growing up and, and I had the opportunity to do that at, at the highest level in football and, and be a part of such a great teammates, great coaches, great organization was just truly remarkable and, and emotional and everything that went with it. Um, had the opportunity to have Coach Downing, Scott Downing, Bill Bush, some of my former coaches here to be a part of that. 
along with some good friends and family that was was here as well and so excited for the next chapter excited to see how this all goes sam cook is with us on hail varsity radio sam the 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 feedback on social media uh the nfl circles around nebraska it it was truly your day and you're a guy that is a just focused worker man you perfected your craft for a number of years was it tough for you to accept the adulation, the fanfare? Well, I mean, being in Nebraska, being in Baltimore, like our fans are amazing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, no, it, it wasn't really tough. Fans are just exceptional the way they the way they handle everything from from that to our game days, and they're so appreciative of everything that these guys give. And, you know, I couldn't be happier, you know, just having the support that I did with fa- with the fans and family and everybody that was involved. It's just, it's remarkable to see how much, you know, I meant to them. And, you know, in hindsight, looking at it, you know, as you're going through it, you never think, you know, they probably just think, you know, take me for granted. But when it's all said and done, you know, there was a lot of love and and understanding in what I did. Sam, let's talk about your career, not only from Nebraska to Baltimore, but just overall from high school to where you just ended this this finish line, at least your playing days. Because correct me, out of high school, didn't you didn't you play linebacker and, and wide receiver? You also kicked, yes, but I mean, you came into Nebraska as as an athlete, correct? Correct. Yeah. In high school, I played, I mean, I actually started off as a guard and then played, you know, throughout my years there, played guard, tackle, center. And then I did some tight end in certain formations along with fullback and upback and then um, did linebacker and the punting and kicking duties. And at that time, you basically played the whole game, you know, Mm -hmm. you played both sides of the ball and then special teams. And it was it was a great time. And that's where I learned the love of football, had the opportunity to play many positions, many skill positions. And from there, I got asked to walk on to Nebraska as a linebacker, punter, slash kicker. And the whole point was to come in the first year, see how I like the punting and kicking it. If I'd like to jump into linebacker, I could do that the following during spring ball. But throughout that whole year, just fell in love with punting and kicking and enamored in uh, trying to figure it out and be so consistent. And it just kind of led me to my career 16, you know, actually 21 years later. So, Sam, fair to say you brought a linebacker mentality to the NFL as a punter. I guess you could say that. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved hitting, loved the physical aspect of the game and being able to hit a few returners early on in my career was uh, very enjoyable. So did you let him know or were you just kind of that quiet assassin? I was always just very quiet. Just went in, did my job and went home. <laughs> Sam, you, you look at uh, your teammates response and there's so many. Uh, tell tell Nebraska fans if they're not familiar about your your special teams crew, about the Wolfpack Morgan Cox uh, specifically. I was reading a story 
It's his first game in the NFL. He's your long snapper, and he's he shortened the, the snaps back to you. So is it true you wound up and threw him a fastball and hit him on the back of the head? Yeah, it's very true. Uh, I'm one of those guys when you get on that field, you know, I'm not, I don't know if I'm very proud of it, but it's I all know right. uh, our relationship, yeah, our relationship grew pretty strong that day. But um, I'm one of those people when I hit that field, I become a different person. I'm, I'm all about doing what's right to help our team win, doing what's right to, you know, help our individual goals, uh, help us achieve those individual goals doing everything I can to make us better. And then once I get off that field, I'll be your friend, you know, for the rest of the day. But I'm a different different animal when I hit that field, and it's always trying to do whatever I can to be the best I can for that day, along well, with everybody around me. Well, you, you brought a professionalism. Sam Cook, a couple minutes with us here. Hail Varsity Radio on the consulting side of things now with the Baltimore Ravens, 16 years with the Ravens, uh, Pro Bowl putter, no doubt going to be in the Ravens' uh, ring of honor. And uh, I would be surprised if you don't get a look by Canton, Sam, for what you did. And you have the art and the perception of putters that, you know, there's the, the kickers and then there's the rest of the team. But, Sam, you go to a man with your teammates in Baltimore, be it Ed Reed's, Ray Lewis's, Coach Harbaugh. I mean, there was... Now, Sam's Sam's a, a dude, I guess, is the best way to put it in glowing terms with uh, how how you were treated. You weren't treated like a kicker. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, every, everybody wants to be us during the week, but they never want to be us on Sundays. And so <laughs> they're always thankful take. when it yeah. – yeah, when they're they're always thankful when it comes to Sunday and we do our job because they're they're extremely happy. If we don't do our job, then obviously we're the butt of all jokes, you know. But you always hear the old linemen coming up, you know, as we're in the locker rooms or getting ready for practice. Like, Man, must be nice, but they surely don't want to be us on Sundays. So it's, it's we have a, a mutual feeling, a mutual respect between all of us here at the Ravens and the way they approach us is as is like one of the guys. Mm-hmm. And you gotta love everybody here for that. I mean, they understand how how important we take our jobs, even though it may not be as physically demanding, it's it's equally mentally demanding. And so I think a lot of guys understand that and understand where we come from and they they enjoy our uh, our attitude about that sam cooks with us sam it's it's rare in professional sports or it can be rare that things end on great terms and that's what's happened with you in in baltimore uh they gave you a heads up that they were gonna go uh draft another punter you're in it even post, you know, career. Now, when it can, comes to consulting, you're, you're ready to help the team because you're a, you're a giver. You're not selfish. You've never been selfish. Correct. What was the uh, the conversation like to to step away? And did they have to talk you into it, or were you ready? I know you said Thursday you're at peace, but you can still ball. I guess is what I'm getting at. Correct. Yeah. Like. Obviously, make it clear. I feel like I can go out there and still punt, you know, another three, four years. But, however, 
you know, this was a conversation that I had with Coach Harbaugh, you know, all of our special teams coaches, Chris and Randy Brown, even Jerry Rosberg, along with Eric DeConsta, and had these conversations with my wife, too. And mm-hmm. so it was one of the things that we had discussed, you know, do I want to, you know, look at possibly playing somewhere else? And I just honestly couldn't see myself being with any other organization nor spending that much time away from my family. And I think that was what led to the ultimate decision was, yes, can I go play? Yes. Uh, Would it be nice to make a little bit more money? Not, you know, to me, it's not about the money. It's being able to be with my family and also have the opportunity to help out an organization that gave me so much and then, you know, help out the next guy in line, the next man up, as we say in the NFL, and give him the platform and the foundation to go out there and succeed, which is what coaching is all about. And I'm going to enjoy that. And and I already, just this morning, we started working with Jordan. So I I look forward to going out there on that practice field and and helping him in every, every way that I can. And so with all that, I'm just uh, yeah, very appreciative of where I'm at and how, how things are going and how they handled the whole situation. And so, yes, I'm completely at peace with my decision, and I, I just look forward to the next chapter of my life. Sam Cook with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Sam, you said you got to see Coach Downing and, and Coach Bush. What was uh, that moment like for you? Uh, it was great seeing him. I, when I come back to Nebraska, usually once a year, I'll go down to um, the university and be able to see Bill Bush. But Coach Downing hadn't seen him in a while, and it just you know brought back many memories of us being at Nebraska during college and and enjoying those times. So. We got to catch up a little bit, and uh, it was it's just great to see those guys and have them be a part of such a special day. Is there a moment in your career that's kind of burned into your memory? A big moment, a tense moment. Uh, you were a lot a part of a lot of last minute wins or or moments mm-hmm. when it comes to special teams, defense, a little offense, and special teams, and that was. Uh, the 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 formula that that has made Baltimore such a, a really good football team. Correct. I mean, there's so many, so many, man, experiences and and times on that field that I that I remember. I mean, obviously, the Super Bowl is the most important. You know, that's one that we'll always look back on and being able to, you know, as you're growing up, you're thinking, man, if only I could be. Or actually, y'all kind of—I always kind of role-played when I was a kid. Man, mm-hmm. I'm in Super Bowl. Uh, I was always role-played as a quarterback rather than a punter and a kicker, but <laughs> it's all the same. And then having the opportunity to play on the biggest stage in front of a hundred and some million fans or whatever—it was just—it's one of those feelings and times that you'll you'll never forget. And to be able to host the hoist the Lombardi. And to get that Super Bowl ring, it's just remarkable to be a part of. And, and there's other experiences and other times in throughout my career with Ray Lewis retiring and being part of such great Ravens and great NFL players and iconic players, you know, for that matter. And being able to share the field with them is it was a lot of fun. 
Sam, uh, so I know you, you, you're into steaks, right? You got your own butcher thing set up in uh, just kind of west of Lincoln. And you also like working on trucks. And mm-hmm. when we've talked in the past, you were painting barroom stu- your, your, your barroom stools. So there, yep. there's other, you keep busy on top of, of what you're planning to do consulting. So what's on the next to-do list for you when it comes to hobbies? Oh man! Well, I guess what not. I'm I'm always tinkering with something, and I guess that's the Nebraska in me. So <laughs> right now, I just need to get my uh, I got a Chevy uh, '85 Chevy K20 that I'm working on with my son. I ended up taking a a lot a few steps back. Uh, tore out all the electrical, tore the front axle out. So we got we got to work on that. Get that thing back up and running and get it to a place where we can go drive it. So that'll probably be my next project I'm focusing solely on. Well, you could also do the, uh, the, the cooking and, and uh, the, uh, the, the grilling show. You've done, done a couple of cameos, I think, as well. So, man, you're going to be busy. And, hey, Sam, best to you. Congratulations to your career, your success, and your new chapter as a consultant. And really happy for you, man. And thanks for all the time you've always given us. And we'll be in touch again. Chris, I appreciate you having me. Always enjoy being on here with you. And yes, I look forward to speaking with you guys again. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And if they had enough rainfall in South Carolina, Kansas Pool would be filled up. Rick Kaczynski with us. Kaz, what do you know, man? Not a whole lot, brother. Not much, man. How about yourself? How you guys doing up there? We're good. Was the decision to put a pool in a hard decision or an easy decision? Nah, it was, well, I swore against it. Told my wife it'll never happen. And then, uh, you know, we have one in our community. We live in they have a clubhouse in the pool. And uh, I said, what the hell we need one for? And I came home after a baseball tournament. <laughs> last year and said all right we're getting a pool sold one of the sold one of the hot rods and um so that's that's funding that's funding the pool but it's a little bit different down here you know you have um it's not like up north where you have so so many people doing it you got you got several people so the prices are a little bit more prices are a little bit more competitive you know so it's like having more home builders but um yeah so yeah they uh Digging a hole. Got some, got some sod cut here this weekend. So got chewed up by some ants. But uh, yeah, man. So we're getting ready, brother. Getting ready. That way, I don't have to leave and see anybody other than at baseball. So <laughs> just you know, self not, not a fan of humans, you know. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me ask you. Dare I ask what hot rod you sold? I saw that. I saw that coming out. I'm I'm getting someone. So I'm getting something else. I just I bid on two at the auction the other day, 
but uh, markets markets crazy. Just 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 uh, absolutely. Another Camaro, or are you going vet again? No, no, no. I've been on a 67 um, uh, Plymouth GTX. I've been on a uh, 66 GTO, and, um, yeah, so I missed out on one. I had a, had a budget, and they did, they did stupid, 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 stupid money. So, oh. so I passed, man, but, yeah. Those are they're, they're easy to find. I'll find I'll find me another one down the line. But I'm glad it was kind of one of those woke up Sunday saying, "So glad I don't have a car on, on a trailer right now, about to be dropped off." So <laughs> so we'll get the pool done, and we'll we'll go we'll go get us a uh, we'll get us a hot ride again. But yeah, well next Camaro's time you're gone, in Nebraska, but... we'll uh, we'll we'll get you a ride in Uncle Andy's '68 Camaro. There you go, man. There we go. So, all Team Jimbo or Team Saban? It's been a, a few days, but I'd love your take on Saban and and Jimbo's reaction. It pretty much dominated the last couple of days last week. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. It's um, I, I think it'll be it's, it's a good thing for college football. I mean, just just uh, you know, it's just the uh, it's a sign of the times. It's what we're it's what we're dealing with, um, but I do agree with a lot of, of what Coach Saban said. You know, it's one thing when you have players that create the opportunities and they get taken care of. I think he said they had 25 guys at Alabama mm-hmm. that uh, that had those opportunities that, that made a, a good amount of money. And I like. I mean, you you know, it's if we're going to pay guys, which really that's what it's come down to, pay guys who who perform. Um, and uh, you know when you when we talked last week about what's going on in in California, and I know Coach Saban touched upon those collectives, and, and I agree with that. I mean, to me, that uh, you know, one thing when a player creates the opportunities by her by his performance, mm-hmm. and then there's another thing when you get a group of guys together, put a bunch of money in a pot, and start paying guys to to go to their um, to their university, so. So I, I agree with um, with a lot of of what he said. Now, yeah, I don't follow recruiting close enough to know, you know, who got who, who got what. I know Alabama gets who pretty much whoever the hell they want. Um, so uh, you know, neither, neither school is going to be hurting for for good players any anytime soon. But uh, you know, I think I think he's kind of uh, I think Coach Saban's just kind of in the the boat as everybody else. Well, as long as it's here, we're going to take advantage of it. Um, but also, you need to rein this thing in, or it's going to it's going to just absolutely kill college sports, which it's already yeah, it's already chipping away at it. But yeah, it was uh, some made for some good uh, made for some good radio, that's for sure. Some good some good TV, and and then uh, <laughs> so but yeah, man, I, I just think. Um, you know these collectives and you know putting money in a pot and getting guys to to come that way. I, you know, I'm not I'm not a fan. I, I agree with with Nick on that stuff. Rick Kaczynski, a couple more minutes. Hail Varsity Radio. Kaz, uh, a thought with Stefan Wynn, uh, Nebraska able to get his verbal and uh, win in the portal. Uh, he's the Alabama transfer. And did you ever? look at IMG kids much because that's where he came from. He was a pretty highly ranked kid going into Alabama, and Bama's cranked out about 12 uh, defensive linemen since he entered in 
to the Bama program. Uh, I'm looking at it as playing time. Been in the program four years, has two years left. And uh, body-wise, 6'4", 308, can get after the quarterback and also theoretically stop the run. Uh, nice ad for the Nebraska defensive line. Theoretically. Can you can you go into theory? Because theory, theory, you you have better yeah better you there. you lived the theory I didn't but I'm saying the guy was good enough to go to the uh, guy was good, good enough like to go that. to Bama my friend and yeah. and now you're getting yeah. on the back end so yeah. enlighten yeah, no, me. I mean, no, I was I wasn't talking about him individually. I was just talking about your your comment will be be like saving and. Uh, in Jimbo here, but yeah, um, you know, he's obviously very uh, sought after kid, but I, I never, you know, I, I had never been anywhere where we had recruited IMG much. Uh, um, you know, usually places like that, one, you know, most of those kids, a lot of those kids stay stay south, a lot of those kids are south, southeastern kids, and um, um, you know, usually if, if there was a kid there you were recruited, you had some type of connection, some type of family connection, or some type of uh, you know city connection. Uh, it, it, that's a, that's a tough nut to get into because you you know you're battling Georgia, you're battling Clemson, uh, you're battling Florida. You know the school's right there in Georgia, and that that's uh, that's really um, that's really difficult to pull a kid out of uh, out of IMG to, to unless you have some type of uh, connection to them. But um, yeah, I do remember. Yeah, actually, I remember. Uh, uh, this kid and when when he was in high school you know hannah it's up it's up in anderson it's a good program historically good program i think it's uh, uh either a four or five a school here in south carolina which is really really good football i mean week in week out um there's no there's no easy games and uh you know it comes from a, a great football town and you know obviously no no uh you know untalented guys they don't end up at alabama you know alabama doesn't make many mistakes usually what they end up doing is they end up finding somebody that's just a little bit better so i think when you're a um, nebraska fan and you're looking at a guy like this here's a guy that um you know played played in the sec and i think even more importantly you know he practiced at alabama you know, he practiced and was coached by Coach Saban, and uh, really we got a really good uh, defensive line coach, uh, Freddie Roach there. So this is a guy that knows how to practice. You're not going to last, Coach Saban. It's, it's you're not going to last four years in a program unless you're doing something right. Um, so I think that's a that's a, a great testament to this kid that he lasted four years with with Coach yeah. Saban. Um, you know, because a lot of those guys, they, they might, you usually have to your third semester to get into too deep or they're, they're telling you, they're helping you, they're helping you transfer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, that's, that's, that's a gauntlet. You know, it's not easy coaching for him. It's not easy playing for him, you know, rightfully so because of the, because of the demands, um, because of, uh, the level of intensity and the expectations. So, so I think, you know, there's a lot of things that he's going to bring that are going to help besides just being 6'4", 310 pounds in a defensive lineman. This is a kid that knows how to win. He knows what it takes to win. You know, he's going to help those guys at Nebraska in that meeting room. Um, you know, the, the, the great players and, and the guys at Alabama and these great programs, you know, they, there's, there's no 20-hour rule for them. You know, they might be in the building 20 hours, but they know – 
going to take a hell of a lot more to, to be great. You know, how to study film, what you're looking for, you know, how to play together, how to communicate, um, you know, how to, how, to, how to read formations, how to anticipate what's coming. So I think you have an older guy, you have a mature guy, and you have a guy that's coming from a place um, where you win and they know how to win. And, he, and I think he's a guy that he, can, he comes in with a lot of street cred and he can hold guys accountable, you know. Six four three ten. That guy can hold me accountable. You know, I mean, that's a that's a that's a that's a bad dude. And I remember Norm Parker used to say, he's like, your your biggest guy is your toughest guy on defense. You know, and he's your leader. You you you're gonna have a pretty dang good pretty dang good defense. And uh, you know, so so I think uh, I think what you're getting there is invaluable. You know, no matter you know how good of a player he's he's a he's a big old body. And he's better than a high school kid coming out because he's got four more years of maturity, and, he's, and you know a hell of a lot more about him than a junior college kid. So, you know, I think you, you know, you, you hit pay dirt with this one. Uh, um, so I think I think it's a it's a great get, great get for uh, for Nebraska. You know, it's going to give you it's going to give you a chance on Saturdays uh, with with the offensive lineman you're going to have to play against, and week in week out. Kaz, last question for your new uh, your new ride. Uh, you got to pick one. You going Springsteen or Tom Petty? Oh man! Well, well, you know, being an East Coaster, I guess you could call me. They call us North Coast where I'm from in Pennsylvania, up on the lake. But mm-hmm. um, more of an East Coaster. You know, you grew up. With uh, with Springsteen, you know, kind of living life through his songs metaphorically, you know, steel mill closing, you know, kids fighting with their dads, and you know, I think he had a seven, you know, he had an old Corvette, and you know, songs about cars, songs about uh, bad relationships, all that stuff, you know, so he kind of represented that part of the country, but definitely as I got older. And started listening to. I, I hate to say it. I try not to mix politics with that type of stuff. But God, he he went he went so far the other direction. He was hard to he's hard to stomach even even listening to. But uh, so yeah, Petty or Springsteen, Petty hands okay. hands down right now. Not necessary musically, but uh, you know I can't separate the the politics from that guy. Yeah, I, I understand. I'm, I'm all for people believe what you believe, but, you know, hey, have conviction, but this dude, this dude, he's gone fruity on us, man. So, <laughs> Petty, all the way. Going to Petty. Rick Kaczynski with us. Kaz, good to chat, man. Thanks for a few minutes. You got it, buddy. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
right, midway point for season six. Better Call Saul, an incredible cliffhanger. We won't stomp on your heart. We bring in Better Call Saul, Mike Mike St. James, Better Call Saul aficionado. And Mike, all I can say is, wow. That was crazy. I did not see that coming. Oh, uh, Elijah's not been caught up on season six yet, but, so we won't. But I know what you guys are saying here, because this is what they did back with Breaking Bad, and it's what they did in the early seasons of, of Better Call Saul, where they lull you to sleep with an episode boring, an episode boring, an episode boring, and then everything, everything mm. goes off the rails in one episode. They've been doing it for years. They're, they're so good at it. They are. So, Mike, let's get a thought here, bud, on Saul and Kim the Lalo return, and, of course, the Sandpaper, Sandpiper. Uh, it felt like Sandpaper to Howard, but uh, the Sandpiper case where the the ultimate prank, we can probably go there, the ultimate prank pulled off by uh, by Saul and Kim there on, on old Howard being a coke fiend. Before we get into that, first, how brilliant was the title of this episode? Plan and execution. Oh, big time! It's 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 the mantra of every football coach, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, their their plan went well. They oh man, they did that. They they knocked that one out of the park. And um, it took some running by Saul too. Uh, everything was timed perfectly. Everything just ran to perfection, and and they nailed Howard. God, you felt sorry for him. Yeah, you did. You did. Um, and then how about Lalo? Uh, Salamanca gets back from his European tour and uh, and, and posts up down in the uh, the sewer across from Gus's laundry. Yeah, yeah. He, he looked like Pennywise the Clown there for a minute. I thought he should be holding up a red balloon. <laughs> Not anymore. Ooh, Not ooh. in Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. But uh, were you looking at the license plate of the Subaru? Like when he was getting into that car, I'm like, wait a minute, is this Germany or is this America? And you're waiting to see, is this a European license plate? That's what I was doing. And then, oh my God, he's in America. This is going to be this is going to be nuts. Things are going to happen. They did happen. We will not spoil it for you. But July 8th looms, or July 11th looms, one of the two for the uh, resumption, uh, the second part of. Better call Saul and season I, six. I promise I'll be caught up by then. Okay, fine. So we good. So you had the midseason finish last night. So what's next? So clearly, Mike and his security force, Ermin Trout, mm-hmm. are are all over Gus, and uh, Gus is freaking out. And Gus had the old folks home. He had the phones tapped in precaution. I mean, this is very, very detailed. And Lalo figured that out. Which is crazy. Yeah. Did you figure it out watching it? No, no, I didn't. But but he was waiting, and you could see that look on his face like something is wrong here. And then I was starting to think, okay, you know, but yeah, just a, a couple of clicks on the line. And he knows that there's something wrong there. 
Mike St. James with us on Hale Varsity Radio, recapping Better Call Saul, the midseason finale before part two of season six resumes. So what's next in your opinion? Let's play a little predictor game. You had Lalo meet with his attorneys at the end of this episode that really freaked out Saul and Kim. Yeah. Yeah, the looks on their faces. Wow. And how cool was the candle flickering? Twice, yes. Yeah. Yeah, when it flickered the first time, and then you see see uh, somebody come in, and then it flickers the second time, and then, uh-oh, who's this? Well. That was fantastic. We, uh, listen, we, we know, we don't know, but we presume that Lalo is going to get popped between the the beginning episode and the final final episode because Gus and Mike are carefree about Lalo yeah. only Saul doesn't know and there's mm-hmm. no Kim so we got to do some math as to what happens does she yeah, flee I, and does she flee and and go to the uh, the, the the vacuum shop at some point I'm next hoping. season. I'm hoping, yeah, and and the yeah the math that we have to do is it, it's better call Saul minus Kim and Lalo equals Breaking Bad. So how do you subtract Kim and Lalo? Where Lalo, you got to think it, things aren't going to end good for him. Kim, it's just you're just hoping, just hoping things end okay, hoping that she lives through this. Yeah, no, I I, I absolutely agree. But if, listen, I, I don't think he'd go on Saul Goodman, Jimmy McGill. I don't think he could go on functioning yeah. if, if she died. Yeah, I agree with that. As good as Saul is on putting a happy face on things, I don't think he could make it through that. No. So. And hey, did you try? Did you try Chuck's can trick that uh, Howard was doing? I, I haven't. And apparently, if you if you shake up or drop a a soda can, if you spin it a few times, it prevents it from blowing up in your face. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. You, did you try it? I've got a can of cherry coke unopened right here. Would you like me to try it? Shake it up to the to the phone. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's well shaken, yeah. And, and that's a Miller Lite can. No one's buying it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now hold the phone up to the open. Spin it around. Spin it around. Let me spin it. This could be Mike, Mike St. James, better call Saul aficionado. <laughs> My wife is going to kill me if this goes I'm paper towels, but that's it. For, for good measure, flick the top a couple of times, too. That's what I always try. It never worked, but I'd always try it. Mike, how many times have we spun it? About six, and I'm ready to open. Are you okay. ready? Yeah. Hold your Uh-oh. phone up. That's, it worked. That wow. sounded okay. That sounded good. Man. Leave it to crazy, uh, what's his name? Crazy Chuck. It's crazy Chuck making it happen. So are we going to actually get together, order a pizza, drink some beers, and, and watch the finale? My my dear friend Brandon Vogel from Hale Varsity Brought over a six pack for the Breaking Bad finale back in fourteen. I was oh, with my my dear friend Mike Riley, not that one, for the Sopran- okay. for the Sopranos finale. 
because uh, I'd always mooch Sopranos off of him. He had HBO. I'd bring the beer. That was my rent. And we'd have a steak every Sunday night and to watch the Sopranos. And so you're in town. Don't take this the wrong way. You're it. <laughs> so, so we got to watch. We got to watch the Better Call Saul finale. And when will that happen? Sometime in August, maybe. Is I, that I think it? so. Yeah, six weeks in August. Okay. Yeah, July through August. All right. Deal? Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll be up for that. All right, Mike St. James, Better Call Saul aficionado. Uh, our old buddy Timo, a big and dear friend of Bob Odenkirk, uh, checking this out. So, St. James, thanks for the time, brother. Great to chat with you. Oh, same here. Have a great night. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20 can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time. You know what? Better Call Saul's the Princeton offensive TV shows. Effective, incredible with the right personnel. And uh, lulls you to sleep until they kill you on a game winner <laughs> with the perfect play. And that was a incredible ending with another cliffhanger. Dan tweets in at some point. Better call Saul. Has to jump past Breaking Bad when Saul gets spotted in Omaha. He, uh, he asks the vacuum guy to take him out and says, forget about it. I'll do it myself. I think he goes out. In a blaze of glory. That goes back to season five where he got made, I think, at the uh, season finale there. Somebody recognized him at Oakview who drove a cab. And Saul's got a bunch of diamonds or Gene, the uh, Cinnabon manager. (laughs) Yeah, next season or the the next half season, you've got to figure out with Kim and Lalo. And uh, you got to also figure out when they mesh with Walton and, J- and Jesse. And then you got to get either small Saul smuggled out of Omaha or taken down by the police. So that's that's kind of where we're at. Now, tell me, before we get to the, the beef up your backyard chance to qualify, you got to talk me through this 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 soda trick here. Okay, shake what, it up. So, cause so I, what, always... what happened with the episode is you had a new young member of Howard's legal practice, mm-hmm. like a gopher or an intern. He had a bunch of soda, okay? And he had it and he was putting it in the fridge, right? The the, the, the conference room fridge. Well, one of the, 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 the top part of the, the 12-pack was open, so he leans down. Oh, and it all spills out. And it all spills out. So the, the soda's shaking, and, and then the young guy was going to just put him in the, the fridge anyway. And the the head of the law 
firm says, no, 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 we don't want to surprise our clients that that way. So he's like, here's the trick. And you spin it around. He explains it. So right now, I'm spinning my coffee cup in my palm counterclockwise or, or clockwise. Doesn't matter. But if you do that to your soda, it somehow, some way, uh, keeps settles it. From, it. Yeah. Settles it. Right, and the term the term that was used is escaping me, but it's got to do something with probably static electricity or something like that. Huh. Your your touch in the can never knew. Yeah, me neither. I mean, there's you know how many times I got blasted, <laughs> you know, opening a soda for Junior that he fumbled mm-hmm. intentionally. I would I would put money on. Well, if, if you learn nothing else from the Hale Varsity Radio Show today, you learn that. Well, no, and, and Mike St. James did it perfectly. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just urban legend. Let's uh, get you qualified here. We are winding down, and uh, we'll do that drawing here. Your last day to qualify is Thursday. Get in now. Caller 9 qualifies Capital Patio and the Flame Shop. A gift card to Russ's Market for all that meat you want to put on your smoker. Good luck. God bless. Caller 9 qualifies Right now, 466-3776-800-825-5865. Caller 9 qualifies now. A Huda Media Production.